0: listening to the Savvy Social Podcast, a show dedicated to helping passion-led entrepreneurs and business owners learn how to use social media as a tool to grow your business. I'm your host, Andrea Jones, and I'm fiercely committed to helping you understand both the how and the why of social media marketing so that you can create connection, build community, and make your difference in the world. Welcome to the Savvy Social Podcast. I'm Drea, and this show is brought to you by Fanbooster by Traject, which is the world's most complete social media management tool. And it's my tool of choice when it comes to scheduling, managing, and especially reporting on social media. Try them out for yourself for free. The link will be in the description or in the show notes of this podcast episode. Today, I have Paul Higgins on the show. He is a high-performing business mentor, podcaster, published author. He helps seven-figure business owners with sales and teams so they can build, live, and give. He's got over 27 years of experience in this industry. He's worked for Coca-Cola, all the big guys. And he left in 2011. And since then has had three successful business exits. We're definitely gonna talk about that on the show today and his fantastic approach to LinkedIn marketing, which I know all of you listening are excited about. Before we dive into this interview and before I bring Paul on, I do wanna remind you that we have our LinkedIn challenge happening for free in the Savvy Social School starting January 25th. So if you're listening before then, head on over to the Savvy Social School sign up for this challenge so we can actually put what we learned today into action instead of just listening, hoping, and wondering if it's going to turn into anything. Let's work together on actually moving the needle forward. So I'll see you in the school for that. Without further ado, Paul, welcome to the show.
1: Thanks, Andrea. Fantastic to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to dive into kind of your thought leadership approach to LinkedIn, but I do want to start with your history because you worked for 18 years as a director at Coca-Cola. That's amazing. Did you actually live in Atlanta?
1: No, but I have been there. Uh, I've traveled there twice, but no, I was uh, in the system, the Coca-Cola system within Australia. So traveled uh, all over the world, traveled quite a lot to the US, but uh, never worked in Atlanta itself.
0: Yeah. Okay. I'm from Atlanta. So when I see the word Coca-Cola, I'm always like, oh, yes. Coca-Cola factory. My friends think I'm weird. If they would come to visit Atlanta, I say, we have to go to the museum of Coca-Cola. They're like, that exists? Yes. (laughs) So I love that. So, you know, as you're transforming your business, so you left for health reasons and you started working for yourself. Tell me a little bit about that process. Give us a little bit of context to your expertise.
1: Yeah, like, like you said, I had a great career, 18 years, So started as a sales rep, ended up as a director, and uh, in the background, when I was 18, I was diagnosed with a condition called polycystic kidney disease, and effectively, it's just cysts that outgrow your kidneys, so at some point, you have kidney failure. And, you know, that was okay when I was younger. I was aware of it. It it certainly made me high-performing because I thought, you know, what can I control versus what I can't? And uh, with Coke, you know, that was brilliant because the company itself is very high-performing. So that all worked well. But around 2011, my nephrologist, my kidney specialist at the time said, look, this is not really working the way that it should. You know, you traveling the world, the pressure of your job, you know, Do you really want to see your grandkids? Because that's the choice, you know, continue to work the way you are or maybe uh, you'll have kidney failure sooner than you would like. And, um, you know, that was pretty good impetus to say it's it's time to leave. But for about five years prior to that, I always wondered what I was going to do. I knew I was going to leave and I knew I was going to take control of my health because I didn't want the company to, you know, basically look after me when I wasn't well. I I wanted to be in control of that. And I knew I had to design a business that I could run from a hospital bed. And um, yeah, I first left and became an executive coach. And I did that for about 12 months. And I worked for some companies doing consulting and training for some, like you said, some of the biggest brands in the world, Apple, Bain, Rio, Tinto, et cetera. And I realized that I just swapped. I, I was still effectively a corporate person, but I just didn't have all the benefits of corporate. And it was really hard to go from a somebody to a complete nobody. Uh, and it's not that I've got a big ego, but I just found that transition very hard. And um, I realized that from a coaching perspective, I was much better as a mentor. And uh, I decided then to switch to, to small business. And uh, you know, that's really what I've been focusing on ever since uh, you know, 2012.
0: So, with this kind of switch, I assume that's when you started kind of using LinkedIn as a way to build up that somebody status again. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Uh, well, I remember when I first got on LinkedIn, I can't remember the exact year, but I've got a feeling it's about 2009, something like that. That, yeah, basically every person I met, I used to say, you know, are you on LinkedIn? Most people didn't even know what it was back then, but I was always networking, I, you know. Before LinkedIn, I kept a spreadsheet of every person I ever met. You know, that's just the way it was. And the Coke company was very much, you know, around someone solved this problem in the world. So you just mm-hmm. got to find who that person is. So I was very good at networking and very good at, you know, sharing knowledge. And um, LinkedIn just felt like home. So, yes, I started to to build my network on it, continued. And and it wasn't until um, post my transplant that I really doubled down on it. So that was in 2019 when my specialist finally said, you know what, Paul, you don't have to hide anymore. You can actually go out and be the front of your business because you're here. Because in 2018, I had a serious operation. I had a kidney removed. I was effectively not being around. I woke up in ICU and yeah, it looked like a shark had bit me. And um, yeah, I wasn't in great shape. So that and the transplant you know, I, was, I, I worked the whole way through. I wrote a book while I was on uh, dialysis. But um, yeah, 2019 was when I really switched to, to doubling down on LinkedIn. And it's been a, amazing ever since.
0: Yeah. So it really has been just a bit over a year since since doubling down on LinkedIn. But the amount of engagement and activity happening on your LinkedIn is quite impressive. that amount of time. So let's say someone who would be at that switch where you were kind of doubling down on LinkedIn. Um, What kind of advice would you give or can you share some of the steps you took to um, showing up and sharing your knowledge on this platform?
1: Yeah, sure. And uh, LinkedIn's been a real success. So I've had about two and a half million views in uh, just over 12 months and gained about 150 new clients so you know it it completely changed my business and I always say to people it's pretty simple the three p's so profile posting and then possibilities and possibilities is reaching out to people and if you get those three things right then LinkedIn can uh, definitely work in your favor and I'm happy to dive into as much detail as you want on on those three but Effectively, they're the three key things that uh, I base all my methodology on.
0: Yes. Oh, I love it. The three P's. So let's start with the first one, then the profile. So I know sometimes when we create our LinkedIn profile, it kind of has standard things that auto-populates for you, like your headline and um, even some of your about sections in your previous job. So how can we kind of up-level that as we look at our profile so that um, the right person actually connects with who we are?
1: Think of the last time you didn't go to someone's LinkedIn profile when you're first meeting someone, right? It's it's become, certainly gets, you know, a lot more traffic than my website does. And in the search results in Google, your profile normally comes above any other asset that you have. So, you know, it's really important to put up your best foot forward and have your profile looking great. And, and it doesn't take a lot of work right? But what it does is if you don't have it right, you miss a lot of working opportunities to get new clients, right? So, it's really important. So, I think the you know, the first thing is the banner uh, above. You know, I think the the simple thing there is just let people know who you work with, right? So, you know, niche versus niche, however you pronounce it, you know, it's best to say this is exactly who I work for and don't be scared to do that you know people say I'm going to miss out on people I'm like well look how many clients do you really need like I work with service-based business owners like let's say if you had 100 clients in a year you know would that reach your personal goals and they're like yeah and I said okay so you don't need to fill a stadium here all you need to do is fill a super box worth of people right so you know make sure that you're targeting those so the header should clearly say who you work for i have my methodology up there i've got a framework it's a three pillar framework so it's very clear how i help people and then a great profile pick now i use orange and blue are my colors i use orange in the background to make it really pop right and and match your audience so however you when i was in corporate i wore a suit you know now i've got a a t-shirt on like so just match your your audience so that's sort of the above then the headline which is a bit below the next most important thing, you know, I just use a simple framework. One is what do you do? So if someone searches on their mobile phone, which is most people's mobile phone these days, they'll look at your profile and they'll just look at that statement and they want to just put you in a box. So make it easy for them. So for me, I'm a high-performing mentor, right? So that's exactly how I am. They don't have to second guess it, bang, it's there. And then just have a statement, I help X through Y, To achieve z right and that's all you got to do it's as simple as that look at my profile as as an example then the about section well there's the featured section which to me you should really have three key things for me is a post that you've done so you can feature any post that's you know got good engagement and adds value the other is a video of you telling your story right? Because profiles and and the text doesn't really say you. And to be honest, people are buying you. So why not have you? So make it really easy. And then the other one is have a, a customer talking about you, right? Because it doesn't matter how often you talk about yourself. It's always better to hear it from someone else. So have that. And then the about, just write it as if someone is meeting you for the first time. Right. So, so often I, I look at someone's LinkedIn profile and it still reads like they're in corporate or, you know, it's so, so hard when you get there. But like you don't walk into a, a cafe, meet someone for the first time and, you know, basically you go straight into a pitch. So why would you do that on LinkedIn? So just think about the about section is you're welcome. OK, so talk is in first person that you're actually talking to the person, your ideal client that's reading it and actually have a, it's a conversation, that about section. And it's not about you, it's about them, right? So there's that. And then the experience section, then you can go into the detail. So I'll stop there. But there, I think if you get those fundamental things right on your profile, you probably are you know, in the top 5% of, uh, of users because there's, unfortunately, a lot of profiles that aren't great. You've got a great one. I've seen yours. But uh, there's yeah a lot of people that um, don't do those simple things.
0: Yes. Okay. I know the featured section piece for me was new. So those of you listening, I hope you're taking notes. I am about to go add a video to my featured section. Y'all hold my feet to the fire because I need to do that. It's such a great tip, but there was lots of nuggets in that um, kind of bit. You told us about the profile from the banner to the headline to the about section. So lots of media information there. So I loved that. Thank you. Um, I think sometimes it is easy to skip over some of those things or even just to halfway do them. Uh, But you're right in that it is that first impression, right? It's that first, it's like showing up for the job interview. You're going to probably shower and brush your hair at the very least, Uh, put on a clean T-shirt at the very least. So your profile should be your best foot forward, which which I love that.
1: One other thing that I forgot to mention just quickly was the contact information. Make sure it's up to date, right? You know, don't make it hard for people. So, so often, you know, people have got their personal email address and it might be the one they first signed up with on LinkedIn. Have your current email address, have your websites, have your key assets there, treat that as goal because most people will look at that section your contact section and also next to your name now you can actually have it's uh, on the mobile app you can do it it's nine seconds and you can have a little greeting so my name dead easy paul higgins right but at least i say what i do and who i help there as well so that's um, a quick tip on the uh, contact information and and name
0: Mm, i love that now now you're an author so do you have your book on your profile as well
1: yeah, yeah, look, I do. So I know a lot of people say podcaster speaker author at the top. To me, that doesn't add value because you're talking to the to your ideal client, right? They don't want to know that. But down in my experience, I've got both my podcast and my book as a company. And honestly, it takes two minutes to come up with a logo. You know, you put it there and then you can help people realize it. And I think for all podcasters, out there. It's an easy thing to do to have that. And also if you're a book author, why not do that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, very good tip. So have separate experience sections for the books, the podcasts, etc. Interesting. Okay. So let's say we've got our profile set up and now we're looking at posting and i know that a lot of people listening are in the section of the audience where they're business owners or they're service based business owners or product based business owners they open up linkedin they stare at that blinking cursor and they go what do i say <laughs> so can you let us in a little bit on how we approach creating content for linkedin
1: yeah look i think the best content is from your clients okay so you know whatever your clients challenges are it's obvious to to write about those so you know i have you know i've probably got 250 300 ideas set up in asana so you know i've, I've sometimes i've got the difficulty of which one i'm going to go with but they all come from client conversations so you know, when i've solved the problem for a client or where they bought a particular issue so you know start with that okay and once again you know, I'm not a big fan of writing content to try to get everybody to your post. It's really the people that you want to help. Write to them. So have your avatar there, your ideal client, whatever you want to call it, but make sure you're writing it specifically to them. So that's the um, the first thing on on content. Now, the other thing for me, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also get great ideas from podcasts. And just a quick little tip on that, that if you listen, so Pat Flynn, for example, is you know, a podcast. I listen to uh, regularly um, Smart Passive Income and he'll give some great tips. So what I'll do is actually write a post where I say, this is the tip that Pat gave me. This is the action I took and this was the result. Okay, so I clearly show that and I mention him and then that draws his audience to that post. So if you are listening to podcasts, like great podcasts like this, so when Andrea says something, you can effectively use the same strategy to get her audience to also see your content as well.
0: Oh, everyone listening to this better do that with this podcast. (laughs) Go tag Paul on LinkedIn, writing out what you changed and how it helped you and the steps you took and you learned from this episode brilliant piece of advice. Um, One of the questions we get a lot too, as well, is the amount of time it takes to put these posts together. Um, So how how frequently are you posting on LinkedIn and how much time should we kind of set aside for this sort of strategy?
1: Yeah, look, uh, I post three times a week. So on a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and honestly, it takes me 15 to 20 minutes to write a post because uh, I've already got my ideas all set up I've just got to grab an idea I write it in Grammarly first which is a free and a paid but you can use the free version of Grammarly so you make sure you get that right I have my standard template and I'll tell you what I think goes in a great post in a moment but I've got my standard template that I use so 20 minutes uh, done and dusted and and I think you know what especially because people are now more on mobile, is white space is great because LinkedIn actually reward dwell time. So the longer someone is on your post, they believe that the content is better so they will spread it further. So plenty of white space, one to two lines maximum. So you don't want paragraphs, long paragraphs, et cetera. Just make it very easy for people. So it shouldn't take you very long to write a really good post.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I love that tip about white space, and you know a lot of the social platforms are rewarding for um dwell time um which is which is such an interesting phenomenon, but I also think it is a good indicator of interest, even if no one likes that post or leaves a comment. if they read the whole thing, you've really captured their attention um okay so so tell us what's what's the secret formula for putting together a good post?
1: yeah, well, look the the first thing is that. I, I call it the 50-20-60 formula, right? So if you can get 50 likes, 20 comments in the first hour, that will definitely boost your post. So as a quick example, I've got 15,000 followers or circuit 16,000 followers on LinkedIn, about the same uh, connections. So uh, I'm doing an experiment at the moment where I'm just posting completely native and you know, I'm getting maybe a 1,000 views for the post, whereas when I post to ensure that I get the 50, 20 in the first hour, I'm getting, you know, anywhere between sort of 15,000 to 200,000 views. It makes a huge difference to get that. So if you can, you know, if you can get people, 20 people to comment, uh, comments worth more than a like, it's, you know, we always say that it's roughly double, but I think that's really important, right? Because you could have the best content, but if you're not triggering the algorithm, you're not going to get the the views. And views aren't everything, right? Because it's a bit of a vanity metrics, but it certainly uh, helps. So that's the first thing. And then as far as the structuring the post, so one is the format. So text works best. And some people go, what do you mean? I'm I'm sure, you know, we're a visual age now and, you know, video or photo would work uh, best. And I'm like, no, text only still works best. So text only first. The second is text and a document, so a PDF. So what I say is, look, instead of just having the image, right, why don't you just create a PDF? And with dwell time, if you can create a 16-page PDF, that takes people through a journey through a story that's going to work really well and LinkedIn reward those. Then I think, you know, a text and a photo, but the photo to me needs to be a personal photo. Okay. I know you take some fantastic photos. I looked at your socials, but, you know, use a photo of you personally and a personal story. I think that works best. And then the last one is video. Now, video gets really good engagement, but the views aren't as high because they have to watch the video for three seconds to be considered a view. So, so that's sort of the formats. And then the structure of a post: the intriguing statement at the top. So, if you can write in one or two lines, and really just think of yourself as being a journalist, you know what would intrigue you to open the post. So do that, and then if you space. I always do six times, but what that'll do on the desktop is get you below the C-more for the the body of the text. Mm. Have that, always, you know, talk in a story, talk first person to them, ask them questions. And then the most important thing is have a question, Mm. right? And by having a question, you're encouraging comments, which feeds the algorithm. So always ask a question. And then at the bottom, I always say, you know, if you liked it, give it the thumbs up, let's connect. And then the hashtags, Hashtags, look, i got to say there's so many different views on this. I've heard that three, because Google now search for LinkedIn hashtags, so I've heard that three is the best, but I've also heard, you know, up to nine is adequate. So, you know, for me what I do is I do some at three, some at nine and see what works best. And the big thing with hashtags is the followers. So, you know, to me you want at least 100,000 followers. So a lot of people use little cute hashtags that won't get anyone to to read your posts, right? So, what you want to do, like marketing, I think it's got about eighteen million. So, you want to use some really large ones, and then a couple of ones that are around that hundred thousand mark. And if you want to know, all you got to do is just go into the search and LinkedIn, go hashtag whatever it is. So, what inspires me is an example, and then it'll tell you how many followers that's got.
0: Okay, interesting. Yeah, I've been I've been curious about the hashtags. I've seen. Some people use them, some people aren't. Uh, but the fact that 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 Google is kind of tracking those hashtags is it just enough of a, a, an encouragement to use them. So thank you for that. Um, one of the things I'm curious about is the structure to this post. Are you always asking questions in the post or do you have posts specifically that are like, hey, work with me, here's what I do?
1: No, look, I, I always have a question. Um, but what I will do is also have a call to action on most of my posts. But the call to action might be, you know, the link to the podcast is below, et cetera. So out of my three posts, two, a podcast, an interview, and a solo. So by default, the call to action is listen to the, the podcast. Uh, but I don't do a lot of uh, self-promotion. Like if I've got a webinar coming up or something like that, I will. But, you know, I just let if someone goes to your profile and you've written that really well, I don't think you need to overplay it in the the post. That's just my Philosophy because if they really want to know about you, it's only one click to your profile photo to open up your profile and they need there's everything they need to know there. And that's why it's so important to do that first.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes, I love that strategy. Interesting. Um, I've also seen a lot of people putting links in the first comment instead of in the body of the post. Have you tested that out at all?
1: You know, once again, it's a contentious point. What's best? I believe now that. Uh, LinkedIn recently changed it so that links or a post doesn't get downgraded as much by having a link in the body of the text, but I always put it in uh, the comments section. Or what I do sometimes is just spell out the domain,
0: mm-hmm.
1: right, because people know what a .com is, so you just spell it out. You don't have to put the direct link in and people can just go and search it. So that's another way of doing it if you worried that the link will get lost mm-hmm. in the comments.
0: Yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Um, So we talked about our profile. We talked about our posting. Now we'd like to explore the possibilities and the, and the kind of the connection piece of it, Uh, because I think that, you know, we all have these stories of someone randomly connecting with us and sending us the DM where it's like, how did, how did you think I was interested in this? So what's the best way to go about exploring the possibilities of connecting on LinkedIn?
1: Yeah. Well, the first thing is have some pre-engagement. Okay, so what I mean by pre-engagement is, now most people don't get a lot of love on their posts, right? So wouldn't it be nice to at least go and like or comment on someone's post before you send a connection request? Because at least you're suddenly on their radar. So I highly recommend doing some pre-engagement first. The next part is send just a simple connection request. So, you know, I say, you know, I enjoy connecting with high-performing business owners. Uh, would you be open to connecting? P.S., I will send you a personal video on acceptance, mm. right? So, you know, it, it's not hard to read. It's pretty simple, but I'm giving them a bit of a taste of what's coming next. So I, I don't know about you, Andrea, but how many uh, videos do you get on LinkedIn? Zero. Zero. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. So, it, you know, it's a huge opportunity. Like, we, you know, we're doing video. We do it all the time now. For most of us, you know, most of you guys, you know, you're on Zoom, you know, probably too much yeah. uh, these days. But, you know, it, it's so easy. So so what I do is send that connection request. Once they accept, then I do send them a personal video. I just put a little sticky and I use a platform called Dub, D-U-B-B, which is a fantastic platform for for video, and I just say, you know, I wanted to put a face to the name. Uh, here's something, so I always compliment them on something. And then I say, look, LinkedIn's a guide of who you are, but it's not perfect, right? And remembering, most people don't have a, a video on their featured section. So I say, look, you know, I, I'd like to to get to know you better. Uh, you can book a call below because there's a booking link. As soon as they finish the video, I'm using this email address. I actually don't do it on LinkedIn. I do it to their email, and I show where I've got their email address. And I know sometimes it's their private email address, but at least you know I'm I'm doing them courtesy of not trying to scrape an an email and find it. And I say, you know, this is your personal. I'd love for you to reply with your business email. So once again, you're building some rapport, and you're getting them to take some simple actions to connect. And I always give them a value add. So I say, look, here's a profile video, et cetera. You can watch it below, but it's completely up to you. Um, Depends on, I either do a post engagement or a profile view. And then I say, look, if you've got higher priorities or now's not the right time, completely understand, just let me know. Mm -hmm. Okay, it'd be great to let me know. And that's it. So it's about a minute, a minute, 20 seconds in a video, I basically send that via email and, uh, yeah, the success rate is great because not many people are doing it, not many people are taking the time to do that, and you stand out from all the noise at the moment, like you said, is all the the same people giving you the same scripts that everyone sends out, people bombarding you in the second call they don't even know what you want but they're ready to sell what they've got. All of that is resolved by just sending a, a simple video of you.
0: Yes. I love this. I've been doing this with voice messages on LinkedIn because I do like the voice message function. But the video just adds that extra touch of personalization because I do think, you know, as powerful as social media is, it can still feel impersonal sometimes. And so the more that we can add in that personal touch, the better. Um, And then was I right in hearing that you actually email them the video? You don't send them the direct message?
1: Yeah, look, we're, we're split testing that at the moment. So in Dub, Dub has got a Chrome connection that it sits there in LinkedIn. So you can just press the little dub icon and you can bring the video into the message. So you can do it that way. But I find certainly my target audience, which is, you know, seven-figure service-based business owners, they're not on LinkedIn. They're not sitting in their LinkedIn inbox as much as they are their email. And it's unlike corporate where, you know, at Coke I'd get 250 emails a day. You know, I don't get that volume of emails. And, you know, for me, I've got my VA that filters it all. But uh, for me, and I know a lot of other people do the same thing. So at the moment, we're finding better success with email. Now, the other thing with email is you can track it. So I use a sales CRM called Copper. And what I can tell is when they've opened it, when they've watched the video. So I'm not wasting their time by reaching out when they're not ready.
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. That makes sense. Oh, so many good tips today about LinkedIn and how we can update our profile and post and and kind of make those connections. Um, I know that you also have a book. So I want to talk a little bit about that. It's called Build, Live, Give. So if someone were approaching and learning about you for the first time, what's something that they can expect to learn in the book?
1: Yeah, so it's based on my experience. That's the first thing of, you know, leaving Coke, setting up my own business. And like you said, I've I've set up a couple. I've only had one successful exit, um, not three, but I've set up oh, three businesses. Gotcha. So <laughs> I just want to set the record straight if, in case you read the book and go, hang on. Um, but uh, the, the book is basically my journey and, and I go through five key things, you know personal productivity because your time's the most important asset. So how do you leverage that? The second is your ideal client. How do you pick them? How do you get that super box rather than the, the full stadium? The third is your business model because your business model should work for you, not the other way around. So really make sure. And like I prefer a recurring revenue uh, model that works best for me. So that's why I have a membership and that's why I do mentoring. But um, we talk about that. The next is sales focus because if, if you're a small business owner, you, you know, you've just got to sell. It's um, it's as simple as that. No one can do it for you. Uh, you've got to do it. So, what are all the tips? And fortunately, at Coca Cola, we, you know, had lots and lots of training on how to sell. Um, and we were sort of doing customer or customer centric selling a long time before everyone else really uh, took it on. So, give a lot of tips there and then the last one is a high performing team so once you've got the sales how do you build that team and for me a team my team's all remote so because of my health and I've run my business like I suppose most of the world is now uh, working from home I called it working from anywhere and um, you know how do you tap into that I've, we've got about 470 experts around the world where someone says hey I need this Paul I say okay here's three people you could pick from because I don't know about you Andrea but For me, I've just been burnt too many times, you know. I thought everyone was like a supplier to Coke, that they were the best in the world and they just did what they said. Sadly, yeah, I won't go through all my pain, but uh, through that pain I've now effectively got an amazing database of people that solve problems. So that's what I go through in the book I often recommend for people that, you know, it's really based for people that are leaving corporate and they're probably one to five years. And what I'm going to do is do a revision of the book next year, where it sort of then goes the next journey up, which is more the, the seven-figure business owners. But the mm-hmm. principles are the same.
0: Yes. And i totally with you there for being burned in the past. I do find that there, there, people fall into a few different camps and some people just don't actually want to work. (laughs) So learn that the hard way. Um, But yes, it definitely check out the book. I'll put links to that in um, the description of the video and in the show notes. Um, And then for those seven figure business owners who want to kind of figure out what's next or how to even get to the seven figures. um, I know you have an assessment. So can you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yeah. So uh, what I've, as I said earlier in my profile, if you go to it, it'll have the, the three pillars that I now work on. So unpack the foundations, sales focus and high performing team. And under those, I've come up with 15 questions that I think are the best questions for a seven figure business owner to ask themselves. So it's basically saying, have you got this ingredient to bake the right cake? And the assessment basically asks you those questions. So there's 15 of them. It takes about three minutes to do it. And then at the end, you have um, two options. So one is you can book a 45-minute call where I'll actually go through and I'll go through your responses and give you a plan. It's not a sales call. It's just a pure strategy call to say, well, look, this is what I think the gaps are. And this is the priority of, given my experience, the way that you should tackle them. And, you know, obviously, I I get context in the call for that. And then the other is to come on my podcast, which is called Build, Live, Give as well. So if they've absolutely nailed it and they're doing a great job, why not share that with my listeners so they can inspire others?
0: Oh, I love, I love actually how there's that really tangible action at the end of the assessment, because I know so often a lot of people use these Um, assessments is kind of like lead generation, but um, I love that a lot of what you teach is actionable and it's not... Um, so I mean, it's inspirational as well, but I think inspirationally gets us so far. <laughs> we need to actually move with that inspiration. So I love that you give us action after that. So for those of you watching and listening, check out the assessment, the link will be in the description of the video and in the show notes and, uh, tweet me at @onlineDrea. let me know what you thought of the assessment and of Paul, uh, thank you, Paul. Thank you so much for being on the show today.
1: Thanks for the opportunity. It was fantastic.
0: Yes, this has been such a great conversation. Uh, Those of you who liked Paul, liked this episode, definitely leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to the show. Uh, We really appreciate your support. Next week on this show, we're talking about hiring and firing and what you should do if you're kind of going down this route of working in the world of social media. That will be coming up next week, but that's all for today. Bye for now.